0: Today's episode is a follow-up from last week's episode. We're talking about how do you have employees who love working for you and love the job they're in. We're talking about five reasons why employees quit. Stay tuned, here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Blake Benz, founder of this podcast and the founder of Good Advice, a business company that helps other businesses grow and scale. You can find out more information on our website, goodadvicecoaching.com. As you can tell, I was feeling a little spicy this morning and decided to uh, throw in a little ad reel at the start of this episode. Which is probably why it sounds so formal and uh, I guess just cut together. Um, I guess I might as well tell you about the Patreon too. If you're liking the podcast, enjoy the podcast, check out the Patreon. Uh, You heard all that already, of course. But uh, today I am doing a special episode. It is a Friday. I don't know when you're recording, or excuse me, when you're listening to this, but as you're listening, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying your day, whether you're driving, sitting at home, sitting at work. I appreciate being a partner with you in whatever you're doing right now and listening to my voice as I talk about why do employees quit their jobs? In fact, we're going to be we talking about five reasons why employees quit their jobs. And this is a follow-up if you didn't check out episode uh oh man, I don't even I don't have the episode numbers in front of me. I think it was 221 or actually i think it would be 222 it was called keeping good talent for your business or something along those lines and that was basically the audio of a presentation i did a sit-down conversation with uh, ross phillips who is the senior vice president of community relationships uh, or community relations uh, with the rogers lowell chamber of commerce and the big whole point of the conversation was Northwest Arkansas, we have all this awesome talent here, but we don't want them to move on to another place. We don't want this place to be a stepping stone for them. We want them to stick around and stay here. So how do we keep talent in our great NWA community? And right now we are living in a world where people have quit their jobs. They've moved on from their jobs. Of course, there's always going to be turnover. There's always going to be people uh, moving on from their job, but it has been a large a, a, there was, there's been a large spotlight in the news on it, on why are people quitting? And what can we do to keep them in our jobs? In fact, there's been business owners who've been asking, you know, how do I find great talent and keep great talent? And uh, I thought we'd talk about that today. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it was in my weekly newsletter that goes out on Mondays, I was talking about this presentation that I gave last week on keeping great talent in your business. And someone reached out to me, someone who reads the newsletter and basically said, Blake, I, I so resonated with your newsletter because this was my life exactly in the job that I just quit. And this is somebody who I, I knew was very happy in his job uh, a few years ago. And so I was curious. I was like, here's somebody who quit their job. As far as I knew, you were really happy. You were really being taken care of you know, what changed, what's different. And in my conversation with this person, I just felt the need, okay, we we need to have a little bit of a follow-up conversation to last week's episode and talk more importantly about what are the reasons why employees quit their jobs? Why do they leave your business? And more importantly, in understanding these reasons, what can you be doing as the boss, as the leader, as an HR director, what have you, what can you be doing to keep that great talent in your business? A little bit about the podcast, by the way. Uh, This is the Good Advice Podcast, and we just share practical, real, tangible advice on you and your business. And so as we talk about these things, we're going to be talking about literally the things that you need to be thinking about and doing uh, we don't do a lot of theory in the podcast. We don't do a lot of um, analyzing studies or anything like that. We just talk about what actually works. Uh, so, if you're here for that today, and again, you are trying to up the retention of great talent in your business, you've come to the right place. So, having said that, let's jump in. Let's talk. The five reasons why employees quit their jobs. And, you know, I already gave the disclaimer. I feel like now I'm moving on to like disclaimer part two. What I will tell you is we're going to be talking about the reasons people quit. And some of these reasons may not mesh well with your perspective on business. It may not mesh well with your ideology on business. And here's what I mean by this. I was in a conversation with somebody once on pay, and he said, well, I believe my employees, no matter the pay, should be giving 110%. Uh, You know, if I'm hiring them, you know, they sort of owe that to me and, you know, what have you. And I thought that's a really nice thought. It'd be a nice gesture if everyone who came to work for you wanted to give everything that they had. But unfortunately, the world we live in, uh, people work according to what they are paid. And uh, actually, I don't know why I say unfortunately, it's almost like, yeah, that's that's what we should expect from people is that they work according to what we give them in return. Right. And so Having said that, um, I always give that little bit of a disclaimer before I talk about pay because it seems to sometimes rub people the wrong way. So uh, five reasons why employees quit, why they're quitting, why they may have quit your business. The number one reason, these aren't necessarily in any particular order, but uh, maybe this is the biggest one that I've seen lately. It is pay. It is people who are not being paid what they are worth. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the last several weeks of people who they've realized that they're being paid significantly under the industry standard. They realize the money that they're making is nowhere near what they could be making elsewhere. And in fact, in some cases, they go on elsewhere and they find that job that is going to pay them what they're worth. I mentioned the person who responded to my newsletter and texted me and said, wow, I really resonated with this a little bit more about his story. And I'll just go ahead and read off. Actually, I posted about this on social media this morning. And so I'll go ahead and just read this off because um, it sums it up uh, pretty well. So my friend is a software engineer and was promised a pay increase. One year later, he was given a meager raise, still practically the bare minimum for his industry. And in fact, I'll go ahead and add in another detail that I didn't include in the post. He actually told me that his pay increase was he found out was the starting pay for his business for someone in his position. So actually before this pay increase, he was making, he didn't know this, but he was making less than the starting pay of someone in his business. And so I don't know exactly how this happened. Probably, you know, he started the business four or five years ago, and then they began a new starting pay for new hires and then never moved his up is most likely what happened And so uh, he finds out that he's not even making the base starting pay, and they give him a small increase to bring him up to that starting pay. Now, they don't tell him this. They tell him, yeah, we're going to give you a little bit of a a raise. Here you go. And we can all relate to that, you know, the 1% raise, the 2% raise, or, you know, wow, you really knocked it out of the park. Here's that 3% raise, which really only matches inflation. But here's this 3% raise, you know, get after it and make it happen again next year. Now, the sad thing about this is we have found that, in fact, LinkedIn has put out quite a bit of info on this, on people can make significantly more money by changing jobs every few years. In fact, you can make upwards 40 or 50% more than you would in staying in a single job for 10 years. And so every boss wants Loyal employees. We, we love the idea of loyalty of people who understand the business, who understand the culture. Yet, what the data tells us is that those employees make an incredibly larger amounts of money by swapping jobs, by switching jobs. And that's actually what ended up happening with my friend. He gets this pay increase after the fact. Uh, he finds out that it's just the bare minimum. It's the starting salary. And he's totally shocked by this. I mean, he can't believe that this is what he's getting paid. So getting back to the social media post, let me read the rest of it. So he finds out it's the bare minimum for his industry. And they tell him it's the best we can do. You know, have you heard that before? Uh, That's the best we can do right now. We just don't have the time, energy. Energy is not the right word. We don't have the, the resources to... Um, you know, give you anything more, and and the thing that also really, and I'm not actually, I don't typically get um frustrated when I do podcast episodes. Normally, I'm just sharing my perspective. This actually does really irritate me, is this because it's very slimy and it's very manipulative. But when the boss says, you know, basically says something along the lines of, "Hey, don't you care about the business? If you could really, you know, if you really care about the business, help." help us out and understand that we can't pay this right now. Um, And so there's this really kind of manipulative twisting, um, you know, don't you care about the team? Don't you care about the work we're doing? Especially if the work is something meaningful, like I knew a business, it was a for-profit business, but it worked with, um, it it sold a product that was designed for younger kids. And the boss at one point, with a totally different conversation, but the boss at one point basically held that over one of his employees and said, you know, don't you care about the kids? Which I'm thinking, come on, come on, man, like, really? (laughs) But so but so this is what this is what happens. And in this specific case, again, getting back to the post, uh, they say it's the best we can do. So what does he do? Well, some people in his position would just be like, okay, yeah, that's the best they can do. And um, those are the more naive people. (laughs) Typically, it's the younger talent who doesn't you know, they're they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They would never assume that a corporate job would take advantage of them, and yet <laughs> they continue. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's the best we can do right now. I get it. Well, in my friend's case, here's what he did. He started to look for other jobs, just out of curiosity. He said, I'm gonna find some other jobs. And he actually did find another job. In fact, he was working in an office that he was driving around, maybe 20, 30 minutes to get to every day. Well, he found another job, in another state that was fully remote. So he's a software engineer, and this job basically says, yeah, you can work. You know, he's he finds a job that's like four states over, and they're like, yeah, you can stay there, you know, just, you can clock in, so to speak, uh, via Slack or what have you, and you'll just be a fully remote employee. And uh, incredible pay, amazing pay, actually. And the way he mentioned it to me was he said he actually went back to his original boss and said, hey, I'm actually, I'm leaving. And here's the offer they gave me. So what happened when he turned in his, re- his resignation at his old job? Well, they actually offered him a promotion and double his pay. Double. They offered to double his pay and said, yeah, you'll get this nice, great new title. And it's really interesting to me because I think, how did we go from, well, that's just, that's the best we can do to suddenly a big promotion with double the pay? See, the fact of the matter is that too many businesses are not making developing and keeping great talent part of their internal strategy. And so what happens then is retention becomes all about that 11th hour offer. Or in other words, those last minute conversations that are summed up as, okay. What can I do to convince you to stay? <laughs> but these conversations are too little, too late. Take care of your people, pay them well, according to what they do for your business, recognize their value or another leader will. So I posted this out this morning and already got some great responses to it. And that's that's essentially what it is. And it's not anything that's meant to be cynical. It's not meant to be um, overly pessimistic, but it is such a basic concept that, you have to pay your people what they're worth. And I think this is interesting because I work a lot in the leadership space. I'm working with teams on a constant basis on leadership and management. You know, how do you be a better boss? How do you be a better leader? And the only thing that I think is interesting about this is, and we love to talk about that quote of people don't leave jobs, uh, they leave bad bosses. And it's a true quote. There's nothing wrong with the quote. But I think it's created a bit of a misperception that as long as you are a great boss, your people will never leave you. And it's like, well, I don't abuse my employees. I'm not like malicious against my employees. So why would they ever leave me? And the bottom line is is that people have bills to pay. It's not a very sexy thing to talk about in business, but your your people have aspirations for maybe the lifestyle they want. Uh, They maybe have goals for what they envision for themselves. And at the end of the day, Many people are going to find the job that's going to fund that lifestyle that they want. And this is especially annoying in when we talk about like younger talent in today's age, because how the conversation gets framed is uh well, they just want to eat out more. Well, they just and it's basically like frivolous spending. And which is really funny to me because the richest person in the world just, you know, spent millions of dollars to do, take a joyride to space, basically. And, and it's so funny. Again, I, I, I feel like I rarely take like political slants. I feel like I rarely like make snide comments, but uh, I guess, I don't know, I drink too much coffee and I'm feeling feisty today, but it's just interesting that we, we portray the younger generation as like, oh, they're just eating so much avocado toast, you know, and like getting their latte as if, as if wealthy people are like the most frugal people out there like it just i don't know it's interesting to me it's just funny to me but despite the point we we have five five reasons to get through why employees quit we've spent a long time talking about number one the bottom line is you have to pay your people what they're worth and what happens in this conversation is one we often underestimate the value of an employee because they're family They've, we've worked with them. They've been around us. We know all of their flaws. And so it's easy to discount them in our mind until another business comes along and says, Hey, I'll pay you significantly more. And now all of a sudden we're thinking about, okay, how does this business now operate without this person? I knew one business that had a registered nurse or something along this, these lines who worked in the business and the business couldn't operate without this person. Like, like literally like legally could not be open without this person. And this person quit. And then they had to shut down the business. And so it's easy to be like, Oh, well that person's not that great. Well, When your business is shut down because you've mismanaged this person. Well, I mean, that's, that is when you start to realize the importance of not just keeping your employees happy, but paying them a wage that is, according to the importance of them in the business. Not to mention the fact that it's infinitely more expensive for you to have to find a new employee, to train a new employee, and not only that, to hope that your very next hire is a good fit. Um, It's not always likely that the next hire ends up being a great fit. Uh, And so especially having to hire for a position a couple of times over, it can be really taxing on your business. The other thing I'll mention with this, too, is you may be listening, thinking, well, I mean, I want to pay people according to what they're worth, but I just I just can't. A couple of things that I would I would offer to you is one, understand that you don't need an employee for every role in your in your business. I once knew a business that was a brand new business and they they didn't even make it a year but they open their business with like 15 employees. And I'm thinking you have no revenue, you have no customers, why would you think you need 15 employees? Like like what all are you doing on a daily basis that uh, you think you need 15 employees for? So having people who, who fit a very specific purpose, that's important. Um, simplifying uh, uh, roadblocks and, um, I can't think of another word I wanna say for it, um, the roadblocks in your business though, uh, simplifying those issues so that the people you do hire can be efficient. And then more importantly, understanding that if your business is not making enough money to pay your people, that is on you as the boss to solve. And I've told the story a million times, but the pest, the pet store owner who came to me and said, I'm trying to pay less than minimum wage. And I said, why would you pay less than minimum wage? 725 an hour, which is nothing today, by the way. And she said, "Well, I can't afford to pay more." And I said, "Okay, that's that's a you problem. You have mismanaged this business where you're not bringing in enough money. And so the solution isn't how do I pay people less than seven twenty-five an hour. It's how do I get real about my business and come face to face with the dysfunction I've created." So uh, that's my long rant on on paying people what they're worth. Uh, our number one reason why people leave. The second reason I think people quit is unclear advancement. It's not knowing, okay, what happens to me here five years down the road? And this reminds me, I've had several conversations with people over the years on this topic, but I remember one gentleman who I worked with uh, at a local business who he wanted to move into management and he had been turned down for it um, several times, actually. It wasn't like a one-time thing. He had applied for a a uh, promotion role several times and had been turned down um, many times, every time, literally, he'd been turned down for it. And that was his aspiration was I want to become that, this is the next step for me, I wanna move forward. So what did he do? He eventually quit, he left. And it wasn't that he was, you know, necessarily being mismanaged or being mistreated or anything like that. It was just like, okay, I've reached, I've reached the end of my path here. And I think sometimes why this becomes challenging is because you as the boss, you as the leader, this person tells you, "Hey, I want to be X role," and you're looking at that person thinking like, "You don't you don't fit the bill for that role." So I think what happens then is sometimes it can be awkward to have honest conversations, it can be awkward to have challenging conversations. But what you owe to that employee is clear communication as to if you want that position, Here's what you'll need to learn how to do. And I do think that was one of the the challenges with this one employee was when we got into the the specifics about this role, it was very ambiguous. It was very vague. And I think for that person who was also getting really high marks in other places, um, it was just really confusing. And so for the employee, I I can't... (laughs) I'll never forget one of the jobs that I wanted. I was in a job. I was looking for a promotional role. And what was funny, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend this, but my boss sat me down and knew this position was opening up. And he said, Blake, I just want you to know this position is not for you. And in fact, it's never going to be you. (laughs) Like, never. And it was a little bit of a gut punch because I was like, oh, I, I really wanted that job. But that honest communication set me up for understanding, okay, my career forward isn't going to go this route, it's got to go a different route. So then what does that look like? I think having those conversations uh, with your people is really important. And in some cases, these conversations never actually happen. You know, I had a guy that I was uh, what well, was potentially going to work with. We ended up not working together, but he was wanting to get into a CIO role. And the first step in doing that was becoming like a VP. And so his question with me was, um, you know, can you help me become, I guess, qualified enough? Can you coach me enough to become a VP at my business? And I said, yeah, I can. But have you have you thought about just having a conversation with your boss on what is the career track for to become a VP? And they had never had that conversation. He had been with the business for a few years. There had never been any dialogue around it. And so one of the reasons we didn't end up working together was because he actually went back to that boss. And the boss said, yeah, we can get you set up on this track. Here's what it's actually going to look like. So he ended up not needing me. And that's that was really the benefit of him having that conversation was it had never actually happened, but once it had, now he was no longer looking at another position. Now he's thinking, okay, I see a path forward here in my business. People often are motivated by achievements and moving forward. You know, especially I'm in my early thirties and more than ever, I'm getting cognizant of like, am I gonna have a midlife crisis at 40? (laughs) So like, am I moving forward? Am I moving the business forward? Your people want to know the same thing, and they want to know what is my path forward in my job, and that's natural for almost everybody. So give them that career advancement picture, and more importantly, even if you don't know, you can at least have the conversation with them on, "Hey, what do you, what, what, what motivates you?" Because it may not be a title for everybody, but sitting down and saying, "Is it money? Is it a title?" Is it, I had one person who said, who told me, you know, I'm really not looking for more money. I just want more time off. Okay. So is it, is it time off? Like these kinds of conversations are important because otherwise your people are, they're sitting in ambiguity basically. And they're thinking, well, I don't really know where I'm going here. So I'm interested in other businesses where I might get that information. So moving on to number three, why do people quit? bad bosses. This is the most obvious one. This is the most easy to relate to one because we've all had that horrible boss. And here's what I will tell you. This is not meant to be strangely vague, but the people that I know who typically are worried about being a bad boss are typically pretty great bosses. The people who in many cases are confident about the kind of boss they are ironically enough, are actually pretty harshly seen by their employees. And that's only because it's hard for us sometimes to look in the mirror and be self-aware and realize, hey, what I'm doing is not valuable. I had one person who um, probably had some of the harshest feedback from his employees uh, who said things like, you're a terrible human being is what they had told him in some written feedback to him. And I asked him, what do you think about this? And he said, well, I think that they don't understand who I am. Like they don't get me. And it was interesting that that was his reaction because I remember thinking, okay, it's, is it really, they don't get you or do you lack the self-awareness of how you're coming across when you act out of your normal personality that actually creates a very toxic environment? You know, it's kind of like when you think of any relationship, you know, spouse, friends, what have you, when someone you know, turns you the wrong way or frustrates you. What do we do? We often say, well, how dare they? They did this. They did that. Um, my wife and I were laughing about this movie. We watched some random movie on Netflix and it was (laughs) such a random story. Uh, it was, uh, Robert Redford, Morgan Freeman, and Jennifer Lopez, (laughs) such an interesting cast. And the movie, the premise of it is, um, Jennifer Lopez is this um, uh, woman who's suffering abuse. Uh, She's being beat by her boyfriend, and she leaves with her and her teenage daughter. She runs away to her estranged father-in-law, Robert Redford. This is all in the intro of the movie. Well, in the very start, the, the opening scene, we see Jennifer Lopez with this black eye, And you can overhear the boyfriend basically saying like, Hey, I'm really sorry that this happened. Like, I'm sorry I did that. Um, And then he says this one interesting tidbit. He says, but you just, you backed me into a corner. You, you made me act this way you did. And it was like, so perfectly um, acted of like the stereotype of abusive boyfriends, you know, who like guilt, who gaslight and guilt and say, it's your fault. You did this. And it, but it was so like over the top that not over the top in a bad way, but it was just like, so like, like perfectly descriptive of that, that um, my wife and I, which we, we both try to be very apologetic. So like when one of us like frustrates, the other one we will be like, Hey, I'm really sorry that I did that. And we're not like, (laughs) I'm making it sound like we're, we're amazing. We're not at all, but Um, one of the things we've added on to that now is like, as a joke, um, well, Hey, you backed me into a corner. Like it was your fault. Um, and we say that jokingly because it was just, it was just funny from the movie, but that, but that is exactly how many leaders today see their leadership is they have unhappy employees and rather than being like, Oh, I did that. I caused that. It's much easier to point to them and their actions and what they're doing and not hold ourselves accountable. I once was paid to do some coaching with one uh, senior manager of a business who was very toxic. And I remember talking to this person and he was really navigating some of the frustrations and the hurt in his business. And then went to his boss after the fact, who was the CEO, COO of the business. And it was kind of like, Hey, did, did we get everything solved? Like, is he good now? And it was kind of like, Well, no, because not only are his complaints legitimate, but this toxicity that you notice, you created that. Like I can literally see, connect the dots of why this person is so frustrated because of decisions that you as an upper manager have made that have made his life much more difficult on a day-to-day basis. It's hard to get that information. It's hard to see that honest perspective and realize when my employees underperform it's not because of laziness or entitlement or, you know, what have you. A lot of times it's because of us. A friend of mine runs a uh, dental agency and uh, do you call it an agency? I'm thinking like digital marketing. He runs a dentist practice and doing extremely well for himself, himself. been in business for over 10 years. But after two years, he was on the, the brink of bankruptcy. And so I asked him, you "Well, know, what changed? And he said, well, I realized that 99% of the problem that was facing me and my business, and more importantly, my angry, upset employees, 99% of it was my fault, not their fault. And the sooner I understood that, the better off we were. So uh, I love this conversation because everyone's like, yeah, 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 don't be a bad boss. But then we don't realize like, oh my gosh, I am, (laughs) I am that bad boss, right? So That's the third one. The fourth reason why people quit is because they are disconnected from why their work matters to the greater picture of the business. And this is interesting to me because I've seen, I've seen leaders, I've talked to leaders who are frustrated that their employees can't get out of the weeds, especially employees that they maybe want to promote. They're like, well, they're not a strategic thinker. Well, they don't think about the business as a whole Well, they like, just don't get it. And I'm kind of like, well, well, why would they naturally get it when all they're allowed to see is that, that day-to-day exactly what's around them? A job that I had uh, a few years ago, I really valued it because the P&L and like our entire operating budget all sat on a Google Drive that we could access at any point. Like this is a concept that's horrifying to some leaders out there of like, really you'd let your frontline employees like see the finances of the business. But I remember for for me and for people I worked with, we were like, wow, like we feel connected now to the business because I see how that thing that I sold, how it then drives back and like all the things, all the expenses that come with it. I'm more informed now on what I'm selling, but more importantly, I see how it's going back into the business and what that also enables the business to do in other places, it's so why you see some businesses, uh, Walmart being one example, or even Tyson, where after someone has uh, worked in one department, uh, and I mean like a corporate department, not a um, like literally in a Walmart store, when they've worked in some one department for a while, they often get switched to a new department because in getting exposure to different parts of the business, now you start to understand how the business as a whole runs. And I wanna pull this back to that first point that I made of like the boss who wants everyone who works for them to be super engaged and committed and you know all these things that come with it. If that's what you genuinely want for your employees, you have to show them how the sauce gets made. And more importantly, you have to help them understand how does their work on a day-to-day basis contribute to the overall vision of the company. This can be challenging because you might even ask yourself, do you even have an overall vision to the company? Is it just, you know, every day we're just trying not to go broke. We're just trying to make another sale. We're just trying to make more money. Or do you have an overarching strategy for the business? I think, I think this is awkward because a lot of times when we have this conversation, we actually think about this. We realize, no, we don't. Um, I'm just, I'm just every day working to keep the business afloat. And so it starts with you as the leader of the business actually having that overarching strategy, that vision for the business, and then more importantly, actually communicating it. I once sat down with a business owner who was talking about how invested his employees were, how they all knew like the the mission of the organization and the vision for what they were accomplishing over the next 12, 12 months. And then I said, okay, really? So like if I asked them, would they be able to tell me? And he was like, well, no, probably not. And it was interesting how there was such like a disconnect there. I was like, okay, you're saying they know it, but if I asked them, they wouldn't be able to tell me. And I kind of let it sit for a minute. And then he was like, okay, actually, I don't think they do know. (laughs) So if you want them to be connected, it's on you to communicate that in a way that is tangible, understandable, and meaningful. And more importantly, this doesn't mean you have to make your your vision overly fluffy. You know, if you sell... um, I don't know. If you sell rain jackets, you don't have to like make like a really motivational like marketing video that you send out to your employees on how you're like transforming the world and like saving the the universe from you know downpours of water. I, it doesn't have to be overarching, you know, this this fluffy thing. But they do need to know what it is, so that's important. And then the very last one. Reason number five, why employees quit is because just life happens. This one's really important to me because I think sometimes as bosses, it can be frustrating because we think we do all the right things and yet an employee still quits. And what this can actually do is it makes a boss now less willing to invest in their employees because it's like, see, I invested in that person. I did everything right and they still quit. So I, I basically wasted money on that person, which, which I get from like an ROI point of view, it's not really my leadership philosophy. Like my leadership philosophy is I'm going to do well by my people, whether they stay with me or not. Um, I feel like, I feel like as a steward of someone else's time and them agreeing to come on board with me and work and collaborate with me for me, I feel a, a, like I owe them, uh, Certain things like being taken care of and um, having the financial uh, freedom that I want them to have, all these things. And it's it's not really give and take. It's like, okay, you're working with me. Now I want to make sure you have these things because I feel like I owe that to you as a good boss. And not everyone feels that way, and I understand. But you'll have leaders who think, well, I'm not going to do this again because they left and yada yada. And the bottom line is, even when you do everything right, some people are just going to quit. And it's not necessarily about you it's because life just happens someone is um, living in texas their family is from louisiana Um, dad gets sick and they decide you know what i'm going to move back home to be closer to my family i want to be around my dad Um, nothing you can do about that it's just that's just life or you have someone who is in the corporate life and they decide they get really motivated they grab onto the vision of a nonprofit that maybe they've even personally benefited from or it's affected their family. And they say, you know what, I'm going to leave the corporate world and I'm going to, um, you know, jump into the nonprofit world or, you know, people, they grow, change and develop and our aspirations change and our interests change. And so you'll have people who, you know, they've been working in your industry for 20 years, but they've always had this itch to, be an entrepreneur or this entirely different industry altogether. And they say, you know what? I'm going to go do that. And even though it's been a great experience, I I want to jump into this um, unknown territory. There's not anything you did wrong. There's nothing they did wrong. It's just simply that life happens. And my encouragement to you is two things. One, when someone quits, don't just assume that that's the reason <laughs> I've known some bosses who were miserable bosses And their employees told them it was just time for a career switch. And the bosses were like, okay, great. (laughs) And it's like, well, no, they were just telling you what you wanted to hear. Um, But two, um, be supportive when those things happen and be understanding. And don't let it make you jaded when it comes to investing in your employees. So the five reasons why people quit pay, unclear advancement, bad bosses, disconnected from the business as a whole. And then, hey, life happens. Hey, I appreciate you listening to this episode today. And I'd love to hear if you've quit a job. You know, what was it that did you resonate with any of these five reasons? Or was there another reason that I hadn't thought about? And more importantly, if you have great employees who are sticking with you, in fact, they've, sticked, they've stuck with you long term. I'd love to know what you're doing well. You can send me an email at blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and connect with me as well on there. And don't forget, if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support this great podcast. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash advice. And hey, that's our good advice today. I appreciate you listening in. We'll catch you later. See ya.